I'm Natalie Heacock. And I'm Chelsea Brown. And this is Lumber Slingers. Each podcast, we will be bringing you relevant and useful industry information, including interviews with top lumber professionals and discussion of current events in the industry. Whether it be lumber grading, industry and market trends, or who's who in lumber, we hope to extend your current tally on industry knowledge. Hi, Charles. How are you? Hey, Natalie. Doing good. How are you today? Good. Welcome to another episode of Lumber Slingers. And I wish I knew what number it was, but I don't. I think maybe it's 10. I think it's 10. We're into double digits. <laughs> we did it. We did it. Um, today we have the infamous David Gregg with us. Hi, Hi Dave. David. Hey, thanks for having me. I think uh, infamous is suits me. <laughs> <laughs> This is a uh, Natalie. This has been your connection in the lumber industry since before you started in lumber, right? You My always asked me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you want to give him a little introduction? <laughs> Heck yeah. So Dave is essentially my uncle by marriage, but we don't need to put that part in there. <laughs> You can call me uncle. I'm good with it. <laughs> uncle Dave. Well, that's what the kids call you. So that's, you yeah, know, that's yeah. just your name. Uncle Dave. Uncle Dave with the jokes. <laughs> uh, I've been told I'm a pretty good joker from Henry. So. <laughs> okay. Well, need. then we're going to need you to tell us one at the end of the podcast today. It's, it's a dad joke, but I got one. So. Oh, we love it. We love it. So David, how did you get into the lumber industry? Um, it started, it was 19, probably 96 ish. I tried to look this up and, uh, actually I was working for, um, it was a Portland bottling company at the time. And I was selling, slinging seven up and, and, uh, diet, right. And RC Cola. And we, we drove the trucks, we loaded, we did all that. And I'm just like, kind of realized I'm not built for manual labor. <laughs> So I, I met a guy uh, as a, a friend of my uh, wife's uh, dad. He was in the lumber business. He started off. Uh, gosh, I can't even remember what company he worked for. It was a it was a forest city company. But he started his own. He had his own like a uh, plant down in like Klamath Falls area. He did uh, a bunch of uh, uh, panel stuff. Uh, what do they call that? The um, where the, it's the laminate uh, panels. I can't remember the name of them right now. But he did that. He and he got me an interview at uh, Forest City. He actually got me into, I mean, took me straight to the president's office. And so I went in there. I had no idea what was going on. And then I went and interviewed with like, uh, I think, Buckeye. And I ended up getting a job at Cascade Empire, which I think is no longer around. And I started there and they just, they threw me in the pine department. And I sat there and literally, I mean, you, they give you, <laughs> They give you a red book and kind of give you this book that, you know, you're supposed to read, tell you about lumber and how to do it. And uh, give you a red book and just tell you what stakes they want you to dial in that day. And, and how many how many calls a day do you think you were doing? Oh, gosh. So I didn't even count the calls. It was they wanted us to have 600 minutes a day. And that's five hours. Oh, I've never heard of it in minutes yeah, before. Was, yeah, it was minutes, 600 minutes. And I remember thinking, man, I never know this. And then first day they came up with the report. It's like you had 280. I was like, God, they do no know. way. <laughs> yeah. And so and I think I hit 600 a handful of times. I was really good. I mean, I could, 
people would say, can I put you on hold? I say, yes, you can put me on hold. <laughs> and then you make another call. And it was like, and it was, I think it's a, it's a flawed, uh, I don't know if they still do it that way. I hope they don't because it was flawed because that's all you were trying to do is get minutes. You weren't, there's no quality of a call. You didn't even think about it. And then when you did get somebody, you were just stumbling over your words. It was like, I mean, right. So, yeah. There was some training involved, but it, you know, and they told you what to say. You had a script, but. So have I, you I, always, have you always been selling pine or were you, did you switch different species or was it mostly pine? Especially it mostly always been pine. I mean, I got, so they fired me after six months. <laughs> You didn't get your minutes? <laughs> I, well, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. They, they told me I was too nice and I wasn't going to make it in the Lumbers. <laughs> no way. <laughs> and I mean, that's, I mean, and, and they use more colorful words. So when they could, I mean, so, but, uh, and then I, uh, from there, I went to a place I was, I was kind of determined to not get out of the business. And it, I mean, for me, if you tell me I can't do something, I just, it, it's, I use that as a motivator. So I went and I sold actually from there, I went to a place called American Pacific Wood Products. And then I was sold shakes and shingles there, cedar shakes and shingles. And uh, I did like, I worked there for about a year. There's a trying to, I try to think of what happened there, but I just recall there was a lot of dysfunction in that office. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was, it was bad for me. And then I went to, uh, it was a place called Pan Pacific Wood Products and they were, they were tied in with the, uh, is Twalton Valley Builder Supply and uh, worked for them. I really enjoyed working for them. I worked for them for a couple of years, but they went out of business. They quit paying their bills and ran into a lot of problems. And and uh, when they found out, uh, I think Brian Concannon found out, he called me and it's like, he called me, we're, you know, we both went to Central Catholic. I don't know if that got me in the door there, but he, uh, he called me and then I started working for him. And so, I mean, been in the business, what, 25 years? And probably worked for Concan in 20. Okay. 11. So you always, the, the theme is though, is you always stayed in lumber. What kept you in lumber after switching a few different companies and finding the one you liked, obviously, was there a theme or a reason why you like to stay in l- the lumber industry? The money. I mean, <laughs> I saw a lot of people making a lot of money. And yeah. when I sold shakes and shingles, I made, I mean, I made good money there. It was just yeah, it was. Yeah, I just that was that was a bad post. There was a lot of bad stuff going on in that office, and uh, uh, it, was, it was pretty dark. Uh, there, oh, sorry. I, yeah, no, it was it was bad. <laughs> but there's a. Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> and I went to Pan Pacific when I went there. I had a guy. I actually that was the closest I came to a mentor. A guy named Jim Hardcastle took me under his wing and taught me a lot. And just these guys just made a lot of money and. You know, I mean, when they were, when you got it dialed in they were coming, in. <laughs> they were coming in at six in the morning and leaving at 10 and golfing and maybe come back and check their message. I, like, I got to get in on this. So yeah, it took me, it took me probably seven, eight years before I, I got to where I felt like I was making good money. So, yeah, I know we have some questions more based on the market and products and all that, but I'm curious, you, you said you found a mentor. His name was Jim Hardcastle. Is that what you mm-hmm. said? Do you have any wisdom or like a takeaway from him that he taught you that you, that kind of rings in your head, you know, currently from something he taught you or a big lesson? Uh, you learned? I don't know if I could really repeat a lot of things he said. <laughs> he was pretty rough. He was just really persistent. He was big on one. He was probably the most honest man I've ever met in my life. 
And he, he just was persistent. He just got in there every day. He, he actually he used to say, plan your work and work your plan. And I write down a list every night before I leave. And I, I've got an outline of what I'm going to do the next day and how I'm going to attack it. And it. Rarely do I get through the list. If I get through the list, I know it's really slow. I got through it yesterday. It's, it's really slow. Right now. But, you know, usually you get down there and you kind of start off with, you know, what's going to make you the most money at the top and kind of work your way down. And then, you know, I, I'll, I'll still prospect, you know, I still make a few prospect calls and, and you know, that's typically at the bottom. But yeah, he, he was big on that, you know, and then he always said, you know, you got to get your first order. You've got to execute and just kill them with service. He says, you know, that your load's ready. It's it shipped. It should be there tomorrow. If it doesn't ship, make the call. He says, make the call about a problem to them before they call you. That was kind of one of those big things. So yeah, that's important. I like it. That should be in like a training manual for new new traders. Yeah. Yeah, you can't hide from the problems. It's just gonna get worse. Exactly. Yeah, let so people true. yell at you and, and, and you can figure it out, you know. It's, yeah, uh, it's, it's all about how you handle the problem, really. That's where yeah. you you can keep a customer. So very good advice. Yeah, I like I that work your plan your work and work your plan. That that was his sense, what he said. He, I don't know. I think he did 600 minutes a day. I've never seen anybody dial a phone like him. He was, <laughs> he was nuts, man. He was good. He was good for me at the time. So uh, it's a good idea to do it at the end of the day too, because it's like, if you try to make the list in the morning, when you sit down, you already have like so much stuff coming at you. Mm-hmm. It's like, you can't exactly. think straight, but, but when you, before at the end of the day, you're like, okay, this is, these are the big three things I need to get done tomorrow or. Yeah. And always the things that. that when I, in my day when I'm writing it, it's always the things that fell off that day that didn't make it. They make it to the next day. You move it over. Yeah. I have yeah. to cross it. I have to cross it off. It's like very satisfying. Yeah, I'm making check marks and crossing things out. I gotta yeah. get that, you know, accomplishments for the day. So. Yeah. Do you ever write something on your list that you just did just so you could cross it off? Because <laughs> I do. <laughs> I've written stuff. I've written stuff on like at the end of the day. It's like, oh man, next time I can do that one today. You know, yep. and I'll call them up. Yeah, and, and I'll cross it up. Yep, already got, already got a good start on tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Feels good. <laughs> That's, funny. That's awesome. Well, maybe let's get into some uh, product questions about um, pine. Southern yellow pine is the focus of what we want to talk about and what you sell currently the most of, correct? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's, I'd say it's, it's 95% of what I do. So. Okay. And, um, what kind of uh, of like grade and what's your bread and butter? What's your what are you mostly selling in Southern Yellow Pine? So I, I it, it's I mainstay is I sell uh, roof and floor truss manufacturers. They use they, okay. they go through a lot of wood. My my go to or my main market is from Miami to Atlanta, and then I you know I've got people in Alabama. And I do sell a little spruce in. Um, St. Louis, but that's an old customer that switched over. And um, so trust plants, it's mainly for me, it's, it's high grade, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot more grades in Southern yellow pine. I mean, you, you guys got the MSR, you know, a lot of 2,400, a lot of one, a lot of two, it's not one and better, not two and better. we got MEL grades, M31, M26. Those are all, they, they're similar to MSR but that, that's, it's mainly high grade is what I'm doing, you know, two, two and up number three, they use for webs. So a little okay. bit. A lot What's of a dimensional, web? like. What's a web? Yeah. So you see a truss, it's like a, you know, like a, a triangle. Mm-hmm. You see all the other little 
Oh. Yeah, you get lines in there. They use number three for that as like you know, bracing. It's called a web. That's what it's called. Oh, it kind of looks like a web now that you say yeah. that. So they can, yeah, they can use the lower, lower price lumber, lower grade for that. But, you know, the, the stuff that goes into the cords, which is the tops and bottoms, you know, has to be a certain grade or depends on how they design it, you know, and, and where you're at. If you got Midwest, if you have snow loads and down here in Miami, they got, you know, they, they don't need that. They can use a lower grade. So, I mean, it, it's, it's all dependent on geography. What's the grade indicator for structural at the MS? Sorry, yeah, MSR is machine stress rated. Okay. Um, MEL is machine evaluated. So. Okay. Interesting. Okay. And a lot of trust plants use number two or, or, or number one. It just depends on where they're at. And if they use a lower grade cord, they're, they're putting more webs in their uh, truss to brace it. So it's a give and take depending on how they want to do it. So, and how big, how long the span of their truss is. It's just those, I, I look at those guys that design the trusses and it's just, it's, it's baffling to me. I just like, just tell me, what you, mean, you know, <laughs> I don't want So to, did you develop that business for Con Cannon or was it already there and you just expanded into it? Answer that question. Um, I would say I developed it. I mean, I was the first one came in doing this for them, you know, and it's just, you know, it was, there's been a couple of people that have come in and done this with me on and off that are at different places now. Mainly my son's been the longest. So, I mean, but I think that's just because he's related to me. So, <laughs> but, but no, I mean, I, and yeah, I'm kind of a one man show. I was a one man show for a long time. And, you know, I don't take big positions. I don't, you know, I mainly try to back to back my orders and, and marry up, you know, I take a mill that needs to move something and I'll find customers and try to put it all together. It's, I'm not, yeah, I don't, I'm not built to put a bunch of wood on the ground and, and play the market. So I just try to, Try to keep it back to back. It's I find it's the safest way right now. So yeah, especially right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, you kind of touched on this, but what are some of the main applications? Because you're so you're selling mostly to trust manufacturers, like you said. What else is something that Southern Yellow Pine would be used for that maybe we wouldn't? Um, no. Treated. I mean, it's a it's a big treater item. It takes a treatment really easily, really well. You don't have to incise it. Uh, it goes into, so a lot of decks, railings for decks, uh, the, the spindles, marine treated ground contact. They, you know, they use it for flooring. If you've ever seen like an old heart pine floor, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's a little soft. It's, yeah. it's so many, it's, it's, it's used in so many things. I mean, that's like, let me see fencing. You get a lot of fencing. Let me look at my thing, my little, my cheat sheet here in Florida. They use it for a lot of concrete forming. It's like kind of a throwaway oh. material. Furring strips for the, the tile roofs, you know, they, they build a, a grid and then they hang the tile roofs off of it. It's just a lot of things. Uh, pallets, custom crates, a lot of it goes down into the, uh, like the Dominican Republic down there. They treat everything down there. They build with it. So there are, you know, pine studs. They're not as, uh, you don't see much of those. I mean, there are few producers, but anything, you know, building components, there are, you know, they do, they run into a pattern horse corrals with it. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's really, uh, really diverse as far as that goes. You can do a lot with it. It's, it's strong. So yeah. Some of the things you're mentioning, they do with, you know, we work mostly West coast softwoods and you know, everything you're mentioning is, Oh, that's what we use cedar for. Oh, we use Doug fir for that. Or, Oh, we use, Mm -hmm. you know, so yeah, it's very versatile species. Yeah. They do everything with it down here. It's, it's, there's a lot of it. So (laughs) yeah. Is the supply on that 
on the log side, is it, I know, doesn't it grow kind of like a weed? There, there's lots of southern yellow pine to be yeah, had. Way of putting it, yeah. <laughs> um, they've grown it like a crop. I mean, mm. years since the 1700s, I, I believe. It you harvest a pine tree in you know 20 year cycles. Um, okay, wow. wow, that's pretty fast. Yeah, I mean, it, sometimes it, it's shorter than that, but it's you know it's it's fast. They they it's it's they grow uh, it's called plantation pines. It's they're grown in. In rows, like we grow crops, and they have a machine that wow. comes and just like chops them down, trims them, lays them on its side, and and, and delimbs them. And yeah, it's uh, you see, they're all over here. You drive, and they, all the trees are straight lines. You're just like, okay, <laughs> so yeah. What um, I don't know if I've ever actually asked this, but where is most of the southern pine growing? Is it? I'm assuming you have some there in Georgia. Oh yeah, yeah. Georgia's a big producer. Uh, Alabama. From Texas East, Texas, all along that uh, the, the Gulf Coast there. Most of the bigger stuff comes in from like lower Alabama, lower lower Georgia, northern Florida, Mississippi, the coastal the, the, the places uh, near the uh, the Gulf. That's okay. where the bigger stuff comes from. You find you know eight inch and wider, two by eight and wider out there, and up to North Carolina. You get up, you get up north North Carolina up towards the Virginia area, it turns into kind of a, a, they call it a mixed pine and it doesn't have the same structural value. So it, they don't do that. You can't mix them together. I mean, As I say, what does it start mixing with? Uh, I'm not sure. It, it's uh, it's a red pine. I can't remember exactly <laughs> what the exact name of it is. I mean, so there's four, like there's four main species of pine. There's, you know, long leaf, short leaf, loblolly and slash. And that's grown. Basically, those are the ones that go into. Who invented those names? I I have no idea. <laughs> like what? I what knew did you that? I had to look and see what I had to look. Goes, what do we have? Because I got them in my yard. I was like, and so the ones in my yard are lava. So I mean, I have no idea where it came from. Wild. I didn't look that. Far you can out. tell from the leaf what kind of southern yellow pine tree you're looking at. From the but yeah, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't personally, but most people can. It's uh they have they have different like the, the loblollies in my yard there. They kind of grow up and they kind of grow into like a, an umbrella shaped more type of a canopy. Some of them are are like you know, there's long leaf and short leaf, obviously that we should be able to that, but those are straighter and taller. And um I don't I honestly don't know what a slash pine looks like. <laughs> so so, but yeah, I mean, people that do it all the time can tell I can't, I mean, I, I, you know, a lot of, they can just look at the bark and tell some of these guys that, that yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and, um, and they must really be one with nature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what they do. So, so now are you you are also doing some panels. Yeah. I just, I just kind of dipped into that. Um, just cause you know, when the panels got really high and really tight, what was happening is we had this, we, they hired this guy in uh, Portland and he's, he worked for uh it was a uh, low grade or Silvaris, I guess one of those. And he, he managed their contracts for them for like 13 years. And so we had all these contacts for low grade uh, material, you know, the, um, what do they call them? Oh God, I got to look that one up too. So, cause I had to get, get the thing, but it was, they were, they were cheaper, but they were, um, you know, it was like on plywood, it's uh, it plywood. You're getting you know, like mill cert, shop grade and reject is how that goes below. And, and then uh, 
OSB, it's first downfall and second downfall. And they're usually off grade because of blows is what they call it. And there's like a, a, a void in the product and it goes through, they look at it with a laser and they kick it out. And, um, but you know, it's like anything else they are pushing so much through some of them. It's good that they're kicking out. Uh, and what was happening is people were having such a hard time getting plywood and, um, this guy had a, a source. And so I started asking people, it's like, Hey, do you, do you use this? And they're, yeah. It's like, and, and so you could get them like this material for, I don't know, half the price of what on-grade plywood was going for. And it was worth their while to go through it and pull out the good stuff and use it. And then, and then they would sell off the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the bad stuff to salvage people. And it was, that's changed obviously, but I did that. And I, and in doing that, I found some, uh, some customers that use this stuff every day that, you know, for like crates or, or pallets or, or, or packaging type of things. So it's kind of opened up a new door for me in, in that respect. So that's mainly, I'm not selling on great panels. <laughs> I'm not getting into that. I don't need another. Commodity. So, you know, but that's a good, a, a good example of how this industry changes and how you can find opportunities when you see a product and you have to have those conversations with your customer and say, you guys use this? I mean, look, you found an opportunity just by, you know, seeing yeah, something and talking about it to your It's customer. worked out. Yeah. And it, it's been, it's been a good one. I mean, I'm, you know, it's just, it's filled, it's filled a pretty good void in my, in, you know, what was going on, you know, it's just, so it, it's been good. It's uh, I'm trying to find my more time for it. Yeah. So. <laughs> so when I was, I was out there, I keep talking about this trip. When I was out there, gosh, in May, and trip I trip of your I, life, trip of my life, trip of a lifetime. <laughs> Flew into Savannah, missed you, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So I was only there for 24 hours. I saw you um, on River Street. Yes, <laughs> I went at midnight because that's when you I got in. There's no like, one on River Street. <laughs> like, yeah. I have to see this before I leave tomorrow morning. So yeah. I need to go back for longer. It was pretty cool. But one thing I learned was that most of the mills have kilns because they dry the wood right after they cut it. Mm-hmm. which is so different than everything I know from the West coast. So do you run in and, and the purpose, I guess, of that, from what I know, so correct me if I'm wrong, but is the blue stain issue where if the wood doesn't dry right away, it gets a blue stain. Do you run into that a lot? Not this time of year. Not really. They've got it. They've got it. They've got it pretty, pretty. Uh, so blue stain actually starts in the log. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't happen after it's in the log. And, and they, they get that basically <laughs> when the mills, you know, if the log sits too long in the woods or at the mill and uh, or if they don't rotate their logs properly, but they've got it down. I've run into very little blue stain. In fact, uh, GP opened a Talladega mill. Was it, I think it's been two years now. And they had some problems starting up. So their log deck sat and everything they pushed out had blue stain. in it. They, you know, they told everybody it was going to happen. but it's not, it's not, not that big of a deal, you know, really anymore. It happens, but I mean, it's just some people, people like that blue stain. Do they ask for it? Is it not that bad looking? Some people like it. I mean, I've very few, I mean, if it's, you know, unique, I mean, I got a, had a guy up in the mountains in Georgia had me try to get him some blue stain wood because he wanted to make some mantles out of it, you know, blue stain logs. I'm saying, I mean, I can try. I mean, people don't try to do that. It's not a defect. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it's nothing structural and it's not mold. It's actually in the wood. You can't rub it off. And I, you know, it, 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 most of it gets treated. It's not, 
but it's not that big of a deal. I mean, really right now. So I mean, so very, the, rarely run into it. With the purpose of drying, do you know the purpose of drying it so quickly then? If blue stain isn't the issue, would it be, does the wood degrade quicker or no, is it just. No, no. So I had to ask, I mean, I had to ask the question, but I think it's mainly, I mean, they, well, they have kilns and everything down here is dry. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, 19%, KD19, unless you're a timber, that's, I think like 25. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, every, every, every mill has a kiln almost. I, I can't even think of one mill that air dries anymore. And they just, and they got, you know, all the new ones got continuous kilns. It's just, it's just the way it is there and it's efficiency. I mean, they're high volume mills. They're pushing, you know, they don't have time for the stuff to sit around. They push it into the kiln, they you know push it through the planer and they, they get it out of there as quick as they can. Yeah. So it, it, it's space efficiency. And, you know, I, I know that a lot of mills out there, you know, you got your, your green dug fur. A lot of them dry it, don't they? Isn't it mostly Northern California that dries the dug fur? Or, I'm not sure. Yeah. It, usually it's, you know, on like commodities, it, they do both green and KD, mm. but this market, this last six months has been crazy. Cause I think green was selling. I don't actually want to talk about it. Cause I don't think I'm going to say it right, but I think green was selling for more than KD or something weird. It was really backwards. Yeah. 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 You know, I think I read that where they were really close uh, at one point. Yeah. So, but- yeah. So people were like, well, never mind. I just take it green. Cause it's quicker or something. I don't, I don't really remember just cause I wasn't that close to it, but yeah, but basically everything's just kiln dry now. I mean, and, and they, and they move it through, you know, at a pace that just, just to, to move their volume mills. I mean, these are, you know, some of the new mills are, are 200 million, you know, feet a year plus these new Canadian mills. I mean, but you know, a lot of them are, you know, they're, they're just pushing it through its efficiency. You're not, not letting it sit around, you know, and plus the humidity and heat here during yeah, the summer months, June, you just, you don't want things sitting around. It's right. just mold. I mean, it's just an incubator for mold down here. So you, right. you, you move it along the supply chain as quickly as you can. So makes sense. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think about the market right now and how much it's changed for you this year in 2020? What's your take on what's, what the future looks like? We're going to get back to more of a normal market. I'm surprised that I thought we were going to be at a little higher level where, I mean, my little slice of the world, I thought we were going to flatten out 700 ish, two by four, two by six, but it's, it's gone well below that. So we're getting back to more of a normal market. I mean, obviously it's, uh, you know, right now they call it the, down here. It's the dog days of summer. They're not working full days. It's too, it's too hot. You know, September, October, you know, we'll pick up again. Uh, I think we're, you know, we're going to have, you know, the, the normal, you know, swings, $50 swings up and down. Not saying that there aren't some X factors out there with, you know, say, you know, the Delta variant and, and labor. And there's some things that could happen. There's still some some things out there that that could affect the market. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really miss the high prices. I do miss the urgency in the market. It was fun. I mean, yeah, I agree. Yeah. It was it was fun, but it also felt like you put a PO in and you sweat a little bit. <laughs> Turn it around really quick if you can. <laughs> Yeah, those prices. Yeah. It was surprising how fast it fell. I knew it was going to fall hard, but boy, it's just yeah, it's just you know, it was just eye opening. Um, yeah, and thankfully, I, I don't. You know, I think a lot of people got hurt at the top. And thankfully, I don't play the game that way. So right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's more normal. I think we're 
I think we're just getting, yeah, just going to get more back to a slug fest every day. So, you know. <laughs> so it is time for rapid fire. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> you ready? Um, Plus ready? a dad joke. Plus a dad joke at the end. <laughs> okay. What's the last book you read? Last book I read was called um it was it was about World War II in the South Pacific. It was called The Rising Tide. Excuse me. Um, what's the most recent thing you learned in the lumber industry? Thing I learned in the lumber industry. Actually, it was doing this is that uh these new kilns they got, they can dry two by four, like a two by four and a two by eight at the same time because they're dual kilns and they can slow the belts down individually. So because they dry at different times. And I guess I didn't know that they had that technology yet. <laughs> I'm glad we helped you learn something. Yeah, you did. You did. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> um, okay. If you could describe the lumber industry in what word, what word would you use? One word. Uh, it's uh, erratic. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, erotic or erratic? No. <laughs> well, I mean, well, you know, I, mean, I don't know. Last year was more erotic. <laughs> I don't know. I always tell people that, you know, two plus two doesn't equal four in the lumber business. It never does. It will never come out before. <laughs> so. Okay. One and a half plus one and a half. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's negative four. Sometimes it's 24. I don't know. You know, it's just like matters how you play it. So, yeah. Okay. And last one. What is your favorite thing about the industry? I think it's just, uh, you know, after doing it, as long as I have, I've made some really good friends. I mean, I really have. I've got some, met some really good people. Uh, I've met some bad people, but the ones that I've hung on to have been really good people. I, I, I got people that I do business with or I bought lumber from and they come up and they stay with me and, you know, gone hunting and fishing and all kinds of stuff. It's just, you know, if you find the right people, they're good ones usually. So, Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. And now... The long-awaited dad joke. Drum roll, please. Hold on, I wrote it down. I wrote it down. Okay, so <laughs> what do you call? Hold on, let me read it. Make sure I get it right. <laughs> <laughs> I read. Someone told me this. Uh, what do you call a pig that knows karate? I don't know what. Oh. Pork chop. <laughs> <laughs> I looked these up for her kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. all right dave well thank you so much for joining us yes thank you it's it's been a pleasure to get to know you i can't wait to listen to it yeah send me a link because my whole company wants to listen to this oh all (laughs) right okay or i don't know how to add somebody oh i'll i'll tell them how to get a hold of your podcast okay yes we can send you a link we'll send you the link all right thank you have a great day or have a good afternoon you too i appreciate it you guys have a great one thanks david Bye. bye bye